0: Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique well-being solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Mary Finn. Mary has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as a certified disability management professional and through her work as the founder of Connect for Work, where she works closely with organizations to rethink how they view and manage absenteeism. So, Mary, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, Brian, my pleasure. And thank you so much for the invitation to to talk to you today. So, looking forward to our conversation.
0: Me too, Mary. And thank you so much for joining me. And you're so welcome. And Mary, can you start off by telling me a bit about yourself and how you got to here?
1: Okay, so um, I guess most recently, um, uh, I'm based in Galway, and I'm working with uh, our InConnect for Work, which I founded myself um, a couple of years back. And uh, it was really founded in response to a program that I had worked and. Uh, it was to set up a support system for people on illness benefits to have them return to work. So, as I said, it was a program. It had a finite time. And at the end of it, I just thought, I, I'm really not ready to go away from this. I, I hugely enjoyed it. Um, and I saw the real value of the supports that people were missing and uh, you know the, the uncertainty people had in their lives when they all of a sudden became sick or, or displaced from work for some reason and um, had no idea how to get back. And um, I just thought, you know, this, there's a real, real gap here. Um, so that's how I came to founding Connect for Work. Okay. So based in facing Galway, but it's a case of have car, have Teams, have Zoom, so can travel the world literally. Um, so, um, yeah, available to kind of meet up with people wherever is most convenient to them.
0: And I suppose you brought, again, as you said, it was a former project that you worked on, but that kind of of lit lit something in your belly about kind of, you know, again, that pathway to get people back to work.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I've been in the disability sector, you know, for just over 21 years now, working in lots of different areas, working in in daycare centres for people with intellectual disability, um working with people with various types of disability to access and maintain work and that involves supporting employers as well so you know have a wide variety of experiences and um but you know there's just there's no mechanism for this in ireland and they you know people do leave work or become absent from work for so many different reasons and there's just so little support there to help both the employee and their employer's plan for their uh, return. Um, And you know, I've had three maternity leaves myself. That's, uh, and fortunately I have have good health and I haven't ever really been sick. But when I worked on this program, there were just a few cases in particular that just really, really struck a chord to me. I thought, my gosh, you know, how are these people going to get back on their own? Um, You know, they just have no idea how to do this. And um, and and I think that the, those couple of cases really drove me at the end of the pilot to say I, I can't walk away from this. I, I need I need to do something. It took a while to get all of this sorted and to get Connect for Work up up and running, but that that was really the the drive for it was were these two or three people and um and just the, the difference supports made of having someone to talk to and you know answer their questions and ask them questions and um and, and see them return to work is just it's just amazing um and i just i wanted more of that i think
0: <laughs> absolutely we look at everyone needs more of that as as we said before you know like can a, a lot of people will have absences from work and you know like it, it's you know it, it can be a, a tricky journey to get back to work so you know as much you know a, a, you know the, the better pathway that's there, the better for the employee and the employer and you know for society. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's amazing yeah. that that the work that you're doing. Well thanks for sharing that with me, Mary, and diving deeper into how you mind others. Again, your work with Connect for Work. Um you know connect working close with organizations to rethink how they view and manage absenteeism and, you know, like day to day, like what does that look like? Because let's say, you know, like we share similar passions, like I've worked in recruitment and I've worked in employee well-being and, Mm. you know, kind of day to day, when you go into an organization or a company kind of, you know, day one, you know, like what does that look like? Are you linking in with management, with staff, Uh, you know, like what does it look like?
1: It's probably initially with uh, with management. Now, when I say management, it could be depending on the the structure of the organisation. It could be a HR person. It, it could be maybe uh, a team lead, or it could be maybe uh, a functional department head. It, it really depends, and that's where the the context starts with the the organisation is through. Uh, one of uh, could even be Oc Health, um and they would make that referral to me. So th- most of the work it initially is done with the individual um, who is absent, or maybe somebody is at risk of an absence. And um, I'm just about to start some work with some uh, next week with somebody who has returned from work, um, but they are at risk of, um, of a repeated absence. So um, I'm going to, to do some work with them to kind of explore early interventions to, you know, to protect their, them in their employment and, and see what we can put in place to have them stay there and hopefully avoid any more future absences. So how I work with people really very much depends on the, the, the person, You know what the nature of the absence is, um you know you look at what's going on in their lives you know what what is the reasons for the absence is it a, a medical health condition is it mental health is it physical health you know but whatever the reason for and even maternity um you know our um leave of absence somebody's taken maybe sabbatical for a year and they're trying to come back you know the the big part of returning to work is not just the physical I can sit at my desk for six hours a day or seven hours a day and yes I can I can type I can access my computer and and I can type and I can talk to people but the longer the absence the more difficult it is for people to come back because then they start thinking well you know who's been doing my job since I went out you know what's going on in the organization what's my job like, you know, for, for one lady I supported, she was gone for about just, um, just want to be here. And for her, the biggest thing was her desk, that her desk was kept for her. So when she did actually go in to the office, um, before she actually went back to work, um, I suggested she go back in just to revisit the office. And she was so worried about where her desk was going to be. Was it going to be used like a dumping ground while she was out? the and, and I had said to the team I said, please make sure her desk is clear. And it was, she said, no, we've kept it clear for her That's her desk. Um, and she was just so worried about where her desk would be and would it be the same and were they waiting for her? When she went in and saw it, waiting for her, she was just a lot of her fears just kind of went. Um, And and nobody can legislate for that. That's not a physical thing. That was just how she felt. Um, So I think, you know, whatever the reason, the length of absence, you know, I think mental health is a huge part of a person's capacity to be able to return to work in in a safe way, but in a sustainable way too. Um, And that's really important to me that somebody can go back, not just physically, but the that they're you know that they're ready for it and um and emotionally mentally that they're, they're they're set up for it
0: absolutely yeah and as you said it's not just physically being able to go back to the desk there is there is a psychological aspect to this and mm. you know again like I love the fact that you have a big emphasis on kind of mental health and well-being in, in your work
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's so important. We all have mental health um, and some days it dips. Some days it's, you know, it's good. Some days it's poor. Some days it's, you know, it it changes every day for all of us. And if we have outside of work stressors, we have inside of work stressors, we have concerns you know, maybe for family members or we have financial pressures or, or whatever it is, they all can influence and impact our capacity to work. It's not our capability. Well, maybe our capability is um, is adversely impacted, but they all can influence and impact our, our capacity to work, our, our ability to be present to work. And, um, and I just think, you know, people don't always consider that you know that all of these other stressors are coming at, at us every day and uh, yeah. and then we just need to be really mindful of ourselves
0: absolutely and look at like as we all know life can be like that jenga game that there's yep. so many different stressors stressors inside of work outside of work and mary what are some of the main kind of let's say barriers that can be on that pathway for people to go back to work
1: um again you know I, when we kind of talk through the, the the physical side of things you know maybe going back on a on a phase basis and you know kind of maybe pick a pathway just for example maybe it might be for somebody maybe three days you know a week might be their starting point and then I say to them well well like let's visualize this you know like tomorrow's your first day and like how are you going to get up and how are you going to get ready and how do you think you're going to feel and how do you think it's going to be and you know, and, and we start trying to, to visualise it and they say, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I really don't know how it's going to be in this well, You know, so we talk through that, um, you know, trying to to visualise it, because for someone who's been out maybe a couple of years, they're worried about, you know, like how are people going to view them coming back? So it's, it's really it comes down to a lot of perception Uh, it can be a big barrier for people as to how they are going to go back how are people going to and and managing a person's expectations of themselves to be able to do the job to kind of launch back into it and be up to speed and back at at pace immediately because your confidence is
0: going to be a bit rattled as well
1: isn't it hugely yeah um you know if you're say for example you're coming back after two weeks holidays you've been away for two weeks you've had a great time and now you're going back in now i I don't mean to to belittle anybody's long-term absence but i I think people don't always necessarily understand how difficult it is but everybody's come back after a two-week holiday and that first morning say oh i have to get up and how am i going to go in like what's waiting for me like how many You know years ago it'd be how many millions of sticky notes are going to be on my desk
0: and you're forgetting you're forgetting passwords you forget where the kitchen is
1: but now everything is is emails everything is messages so nobody can see a desk that has you know a a couple of thousand emails on it because it's all inside in the system it's not on the desk and people don't always say that so i say to people like when you come back after long-term absence leave your out of absence off for a day or two and give yourself that time to sort out your your emails you know just delete anything that might be maybe six months old or, um, you know because it's not relevant now um and you know just give yourself that space and the you know some people say that the word permission some people don't like using that word but just give yourself that time to, reintegrate slowly because it can be overwhelming um, and people then have this expectation oh you're back so we, oh, i went back to talking about expectations there a few minutes ago people have an expectation of i'm back now i have to i have to work this hard
0: well that you know the whole idea like when you're back you're back
1: and oh, you know gosh.
0: surely like there's there's a, a there's a huge transition period between
1: yes, there back. is there is so if you go back to the holiday um example again you're not going to be back up to speed running at 100% at nine o'clock on Monday morning. It's going to take you a little bit of time to readjust. You know, you're coming back off holiday mode into work mode. So somebody coming back after a couple of months, maybe years of absence, they're coming back, you know, from not having worked to being back in work and having to adjust to sitting at a computer, adjust having to concentrate on work, learn and relearn things. Um, Systems might have changed. Maybe colleagues that they worked with in the past are gone and there's a whole new team. You know, there's just so much and it can be so emotionally draining. And, and that's a couple of things people have fed back to me on a couple of occasions saying I am so tired. I didn't realize how tired I would be when I first came back. It's it's exhausting. And I said, yes, of course it is, because you have to physically and mentally readjust and. Uh, and relearn so much. It's like starting a new job sometimes for some people. Um, And so there's a lot that people have no conception of what it's like because they've never been through it. I mean, most people, like say for example, 80% of people who have a disability in Ireland acquire it during their working life. So 13% of the Irish population have a disability. And if you think 80% of that population, Acquired during their working life. So these are people who've never been sick before. And all of a sudden they receive a diagnosis of maybe cancer. They're involved in a car accident or, um, or, or whatever the reason is. And then they come back. So they're trying to come back after a very traumatic experience, trying to readjust to life with this you know, extra um, condition they're going to have to manage for the rest of their lives. And then they have to fit work into it. And that's huge. And and people don't fully understand or appreciate how difficult that can be for people until you've been through it yourself.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that's again,
1: really what I, I like to bring, I hope that I bring through my work
0: yeah and again there's 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 just so many more moving parts in 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 that process um and okay i know every situation is different mary obviously but let's Mm -hmm. say again when you go into a company first you know like that you know like you know that kind of top-down approach bottom-up approach surely there has to be it has to be a balance that that, that it has to meet in the middle
1: yeah it it absolutely does you know so when I work with an individual, you know, um, so we would draft a return to work plan that that suits them. And, um, you know, I, I I say, look, you know, think, think outside the box, you know, let's really think about, you know, what what do you need? And then we bring that back to the workplace, to the the team leader or HR or whoever it is, is 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 the contact and supporting this person to return and we say, look, you know, This is what they think that they might need. You know, can you accommodate that? And most employers think, oh, reasonable accommodation is going to cost a lot of money. But you know what? It's not. It might be just for the first couple of weeks that a person might maybe come in, you know, an hour or two, let the the rush, the peak hour of traffic, you know, um, kind of calm down. So that a person can come in maybe at a later time uh, and 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 work maybe later to, to avoid the traffic, um, and 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 for some people that's that's a huge accommodation. It doesn't cost the employer any real money because they're still getting the same hours from the person, yeah. or they might maybe. Um, work for and, and work from home has become a real big thing um, in recent years. So it might be a case of the person is going to work from home full time for the first couple of weeks to re to spend their energy on relearning their job and then we introduce the commute back when the person has more energy because they know the job now they're not spending all their energy on trying to learn the job and do the commute as well. So you know accommodations can be very simple it's just a matter of just really looking at what this person really needs and how can we accommodate it? and just being being open to having a conversation and understanding i'm not being awkward here asking for this you know this is really what i i, I really could do with right now and
0: so it's very much it's very much you know like a, a, per, a person centered as in the person coming back to work and you know like i suppose any kind of a cook, cookie cutter tick box approach you know like usually isn't going to work you know like a person-centered approach is is more beneficial for the person coming back and the organization like we're looking for a win-win yeah
1: completely yeah so if it completely is a case-by-case basis um but if you have an employer who does this for an employee and everybody else sees the support that this person has got so they're going to think well that's fantastic you know brian's been supported back you know through this process and supports are put in place for him so if i ever need supports you know then then this is here so it opens up a conversation then for other people to say well actually do you know what um i am going to be maybe going out because i'm going to have some surgery you know and i don't know how i'm going to be when i come back you know can can i get some supports or it opens up you know, making it a safe place because, you know, people are start talking about accommodations and, and saying I'm, I'm struggling here because, you know, my mental health is poor or I have a family member who's, who's going through something. I, I, I need to maybe not to be so involved in some of my projects because I need to have a bit more headspace to be able to look after my, my family member, you know, whatever it is. It's just that when people see organizations being flexible to talk about things maybe a little bit differently, they're flexible around you know, meeting them halfway and saying, well, what is it you need? What can we do to help you? doesn't mean to say, yes, everything you can ask for is, is going to be given to you, but let's explore and see, well, how can we make things easier for you? You're our valued employee. It doesn't matter what the diversity of your adversity is let's talk so let's just kind of explore and let's have a chat and and that's what needs to be done it's just to have the conversation starter and to have someone confident enough to sit down with someone and say what's going on you know what what can we do to help you and and not to always accept the the Irish answer of I'm fine I to yeah,
0: yeah. and again a supportive of having that supportive pathway again if other kind of colleagues, employees, see that, you know, as someone has been supported, that creates a lot of reassurance in the organisation yeah. and a lot of goodwill.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's it's so important. Like, we all have stresses in our lives, you know, whether they're work-related or they're outside of work, we all have stresses. And how we react to stresses is going to be very unique. Some people can handle stress very well and, um, and they can handle maybe and tolerate maybe a bit more stress than other people can. But, you know, we, we just need to be uh, to be able to recognize that there are stressors. Workplaces need to be able to um, have team leads and, and um, HR and managers and Oc Health to be able to be confident to have these conversations to say to people, well, you know, if I ask this question and if I get an answer, like what am I going to say to them then? You know, to have the confidence to say, well, I actually don't know how to help you but I know somebody who might be able to or I don't have the answer to that but can I come back to you in a while and let's you know let let me find somebody who can help you and just to say like that's okay to do that we don't all have the the answers the whole time but just to have the confidence to say I don't know what the answer is but I'm going to help you
0: yeah absolutely
1: do something about it um, Ah. and not to be afraid to ask the question
0: yeah absolutely and mary i i love again that you have the emphasis on mental health and well-being like when you're working with a company you know do you ever look at you know that kind of prevention rather than cure approach like would you ever kind of look at ways to bring in you know well-being programs you know in, into the organization
1: yes i i will um i'll always ask if an organization has a eap so the employee assistance program so if yeah. i am or what other supports they might have in place so if I'm working with a person I can say well you know your company has these well-being programs or, or well-being supports or if they don't you know then I'll share you know supports that are available you know free to everybody through the likes of Mental Health Ireland um, and you know um, or the Health and Safety Authority you know some of these National organisations have amazing supports. I will always um, tell people about training that I do, so, or I've done, I should say. And I think the two of the most impactful training programmes that I've ever sat on, and I, I, I tell these to all the team leads that I work with because I, I just really believe in the value of them, is mental health first aid. And I think you're you're mental health first aid trained as well too, aren't you, Bren?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just think that is just... An amazing amazing program the other is assist a
0: yeah
1: interventions this um skills training um and i've had to take a phone call from a person rang me one day not in my current role in a previous role and um you only get a sense from someone that something's not quite right so we we're chatting and i said well what's going on a and the caller was being very vague and i said well, you know I said, "Are you ringing to tell me something?" And they suggest. And I said, I, "I don't know why." I and it was just a couple of weeks after I had done the 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 uh, the, the assist training. And I said, "Um, I said, have you got a plan?" And sh- and they suggest. And I said, "Do you have a plan to um to take your own life?" And they said, "Yes, I've actually done it. They they had taken some tablets." So I said, "Okay, fine. I'll." be with you what are you doing like who have you been in contact with so I spent the day in a with this person fortunately or, or fortunately they were you know what they they had taken um you know it, it didn't um achieve what they had set out to do and um and there was just such remorse afterwards that um and just confusion and, and upset so I think it's just an amazing course so I tell all the teammates that I work with, you know, everybody, um, you know, whether it's in a professional capacity or, or sports, you know, um, um, committees that I uh, that I would have interactions with, I tell them about these courses. So to give people the confidence to ask that question, yeah, you know, and and not be afraid to ask a question, you know, I just think those two and anybody listening out there, if you haven't done those courses, they are so empowering for you to be able to have a conversation with anybody and and to feel comfortable to have those conversations they are just you know would you agree with
0: me Could you... absolutely yeah absolutely and I suppose I actually did a podcast last week with uh, Brent Pope and he has set up oh, right. yes, <clears> before. Yeah. It, yeah, he has set up a, it's an organisation called Elephant in the Room yeah. to reduce the stigma of mental health and like that just to have more open conversations because as you said we all have mental health and we're all swimming in a sea of stress and you know just to have that open kind of open conversation you know um, it's okay not to feel okay and just to have that honest open kind of communication and you know for because there is a stigma around mental health and it's just to kind of you know dissolve that stigma and bring in the open conversations
1: yeah and I think a lot of the stigma is around fear of the unknown Like, so a long time ago I was um, supporting a person into a new role and, um, and, you know, this person had had significant mental health challenges in the past, but, you know, they were managing them and they were OK. And so we would found the perfect role. This person had looked for this type of role for a long time. So we um, eventually found one. And the manager said to me, what's wrong with this person? And I said, there's nothing wrong with this person. This person is fully qualified to do this job and will be able to do this job. But I think... The manager had no experience in mental health yeah. and didn't know how to support this person. And I said, "This person is going to be one hundred percent fine here," and and that person was one hundred percent fine until the company closed down and the the, the job was made redundant. Um, but you know that wasn't anything to do with the person's capability. But you know, so I think that the um, the um, what you call it, you know, people's um, the the taboo around mental health is. Yeah based on people's inexperience
0: yeah. and
1: fear of getting it wrong as well you know like if they say something that that might hurt a person or or, or might upset the person you know they said oh well, what i do then you know i said well you know just apologize you know say that it wasn't intentional you know like if you know that's what happens you know just be ready to have the conversation and um, be comfortable and confident to have a conversation and just You know, ask questions respectfully, very respectfully, and, you know, maintain that person's dignity and not say, you know, be dismissive of them in any way, but just respect them and say, you know, I need to ask you a question because, you know, I I don't know how to have these conversations. So if I say something that um, is inappropriate, please let me know, you know, around the whole area of, of people who are transitioning and who are using different pronouns, you know, like I, I would often say to people, you know, like, well, what do I, how do I refer to you? Because, you know, I'm not used to referring to a person as they. So for me to talk to a person and call them or refer to them as they takes a bit of my getting used to. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I will apologize in advance say, if, I, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. It's just, it's me getting used to um, to how to speak in, in correct terms and in, in, in very respectful ways to how, that person wants to be referred to so um yeah i'm not afraid to ask questions um and to apologize in, in advance if i get something wrong um, and i um i need to learn from that and i think everybody needs to too
0: absolutely i love that mary and mary looking at let's say the last couple of years i suppose look at uh, the ultimate kind of you know elephant in the room covid and now there's a lot of talk about long covid and how you know how new it is and how you know like how it's been managed and how many people have it like there's anywhere between kind of three percent twenty percent of people have you seen you know like changes in in workplaces around kind of long covid
1: um in do you mean like in terms of uh, supporting a person with long covid or just the With, with yeah
0: with long covid and returning to work
1: Yeah. So I think long COVID is it's so unique. I'm like, I have supported a few people with long COVID back into the workplace. And, you know, it's it's very unbalanced uh, for a person, you know, because one day they could be fine and they'll work through and they could be completely exhausted because maybe they've overexerted themselves and they're wiped out for a day or two it. so it's quite um or it can be unpredictable for some people so um you know so we you know i would support a person to think of it in terms of almost like akin to a chronic fatigue syndrome so you have to manage your energy so um while symptoms are relatively new it's um you know if, if we borrow principles of care from from other kind of similar conditions, then we can learn how to help support a person. Um, so we talk about, you know, managing their energy and um, and sleep and diet, nutrition, rest, exercise, all that. Um, and the workplace, I think workplaces are becoming a little bit more open to talking. Um, well-being is a big area, but having said that, some of the big, or, um, big organizations are cutting back on their budgets of well-being um I saw something recently I think it was I' don't know I just mentioned the company just in case I get the company name wrong, but they they let go their um their global well-being manager um based out of the UK but it was global role um and are kind of devolving it back to local functions um and You know, I I don't know really whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know whether that signals completely, but...
0: Well, Mary, you know, know, as well as anyone, like for an organisation, the return on investment, if you invest in employee well-being, it's, you know, it can be up to three, four fold back you know like there's a huge return on investment so you know
1: and and you know there aren't any irish figures because like i said there isn't a national mechanism but in um germany there was study done in i think it was about 2018 2017 um and it was done by um Right throughout Germany, so there was a couple of hundred thousand people um, interviewed for us. So, and they found that the return on investment for organisations was uh, was I think it was two point one um, on case management and early intervention. And then the longer the person was out, um, it was um, it, it went up to kind of near near enough to three. Yeah. Um, and then th- there have been similar cases done in the, in the states where it has been found to be fourfold. So there is a return on investment, but if you look at, you know, the return on value is so if you looked at, you know, and and not when I mean value as as employee value, how employees feel supported, um, how an employer might be able to um, advertise and promote themselves as being an employer that really looks after and values their employees. So if I was going for a job and I had two organizations and two job offers and I was looking at the organization, how they treat their value their employees and, and what well-being initiatives they follow, I think I'd be inclined to go to the one that really looks after their employees. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm maybe I'm at a stage in my life where maybe I might be uh, heading into childbearing age. No, I'm not. I'm past that. Um, but, you know, people might have these kind of things or maybe a person with maybe health challenge or a disability might be looking at organizations and are really beginning to, to look at, well, how do people look after their staff? Um, because I might need some accommodations. So, you know, um, we hear
0: we hear about the competition for for you know for graduates and for staff and recruitment and said i worked in recruitment like the cost of recruitment is so high you know so if you're losing people and then you have to re-recruit and then you lose people you have to re-recruit like you know rather than just looking at the bigger picture retention Mm -hmm. about it's about retention and holding on to staff and being an employer of choice and looking after their well-being their you know mental health you know physical health and you know, again, the return on investment, but also you're building th- that sense of reassurance and safety, and also a huge sense of goodwill. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So yeah, it's, I suppose. Look, it's it's a no brainer, but you know, as I say, a, a lot of work, a, a lot of work done, but a lot more to do. You
1: know. Yes, exactly. A lot more to do, right? Yeah. So, but I just um. I just think it's so fascinating you know like everybody's got their own thing and and you and i you know we vice and god forbid this has happened but we could both break our leg tomorrow and work in the same organization you could come back with a very different perception of your recovery and and i might come back with a very different perception of my recovery you know so everyone is, is so different um i love the diversity um that you know that this role brings um and i absolutely see that there, everybody has a pathway back to work. You know, whether it's back to their own organisation or, and sometimes we have to be very real about this. Sometimes people don't go back to their role, and that's perfectly right too. And they move on to other uh, roles and other organisations. Um, but everybody has a pathway back to work, and work is such a huge part of our identity. You know, because as Irish people, one of the first two questions that you'll ask when you meet a person for the first time is. God, the weather's awful. What do you think? And the, the other question is, where do you work? What do you do for yeah, a living?
0: What,
1: yeah, and I know when I um I moved from, from Galway to Dublin. So um uh um, f- from yeah, Dublin to Galway, um, you know, a good number of years back, so I kind of transitioned between jobs for a couple of our uh, months, and I felt so when people would meet me and say, Well, where do you work? And I said, Well, I actually don't work. And when I finally got an interview, it was coming up to Christmas and um they were, you know, talking about you know what they were doing and and um and I suddenly realized for the first time ever I'd no Christmas party to go to and I, I it really it really bothered me. I said I'm not part of anything. I um so I, I got the job, thankfully. Um and and I went to the Christmas party and I was so happy to be part of something and, and it that feeling has really always stuck with me that you know work identity is is a huge part of our identity so if a person's out from work for whatever reason you know returning back to that role if it's if it's the right thing is so so important and and that identity really needs to be protected um and yeah there's just like you said there's so many moving parts to this i could keep you here talking all day <laughs> <laughs> well look at
0: thank you like look, thank you so much for for sharing with me you know all the you know like all the amazing work that you do in kind of you know i suppose helping people walk steady on unsteady ground and yeah. following that path back into work and can you tell me now mary how you mind you
1: so how i mind me so this is something that i have been thinking about um so um i, I have to be completely honest here how i mind me goes up and down quite a bit um and it took me a long time to Finally, realise that I do need to mind me. Um, So every now and then, I I I get fits of you know I'm going to go and I'm going to go to this and that. I'm going to get fit again, Um, and it doesn't always happen on my own. So um, I have a very good friend who is a runner, so we we run together. Um, I am trying to um, you know I have a few goals, a few races in mind that I want to do, and I've I've done some of them this year already. I um I because I work for myself, it's sometimes the hours just run into night. Um so for the last two years I finish Friday um, early in the evening and I take Friday and all of Saturday off and I don't even look at my work, don't even think about it, and I spend time with my family or do whatever I need to do. And on Sunday I'll spend maybe an hour or two kind of getting myself ready for the week. Um, but I, I take the weekend off because, you know, for a while I was working Literally twenty four seven, just no break from it. So I was just consumed by it, um, and I don't do that anymore because I realise, you know, I need time off, my family, and I need time together. Um, and during the summer, I, I I try to get out walking, I swim. I'm a very much a, a summer swimmer. I don't do it during the winter, um, and um, and you know, try and make more time for my parents. You know, they're they're elderly and they're getting on, so I trying to see them more. Um, and I try to make sure that I go to bed earlier than I used to as well in the past because I wouldn't go to bed very early. So I try to get better sleep. I, I drink water. I Have a glass of water with me every day now, and um and I'm you know I just really I'm trying to be more mindful and more present about what I'm doing. Um and um and you know eat properly and um and just enjoy enjoy my life because you know um life hurtles by things and this job has really taught me that illness injury is it's unexpected you know it's completely unpredictable it can be very uncontrollable we don't always get the outcome we want some people recover some people don't and this has really just taught me to value my health my health is my wealth and um and i utterly appreciate it and um and I don't want to, to jeopardize it in any way. So, yeah, I, you know, I keep in touch with my GP. I have checkups and um, I don't say I'll be grand. It'll be fine. I actually, I look after myself now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, at that's, that's brilliant. And thank you so much for sharing all those really good kind of self-care uh, tips with me. And where can people find you?
1: So connect for work is the company. So connect the number four and then work because it's the employer, the employee, a healthcare professional, um, if involved in the person um, and myself, we're the four people connected for work. So my webpage is connectforwork.ie. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, there's Mary Finn. Um, so yeah, people can contact me um, through the webpage or through LinkedIn. Um, be more than happy to talk to anybody. Um, there is a, a section on my webpage that they can book a discovery call with me through Calendly. Um, and yeah, we just love to have a conversation with anybody just to, to help them out, answer questions or queries that they might have with maybe around particular employees. Um, yep, yeah, so connectforwork.e or Mary Finn on LinkedIn. Thanks Brilliant.
0: Mary, I'm gonna put a link to- To your website onto this podcast and again I can tell everyone there's you know there's lots of resources there and it tells you all about the work that Mary does Um, and again thank you so much for being so kind and so generous and so honest with me today and telling me about your journey to here how you mind others all those amazing ways that you you mind others and again help people kind of walk steady and on steady ground how you mind you and best of luck with everything that you do in the future Mary.
1: Brian thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with you today and um, yeah it do you know what it was a good um it was good introduction to remind me to kind of ask myself again well what am i doing you know the summers here what am am i doing what i said it would do yeah. so it was um it was a good little nudge for me to just kind of reassess and reflect on what have i done and what am i going to do so thank you for that opportunity to nudge me in my own mind
0: Thank you so much for listening to Mind You, and I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe, and follow Mind You podcast wherever you listen to it. And please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can find me and Mind You at brianbarnswellbeing.com.